York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis for the Nick of Time Show. Here, give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And you know what time it is. It's time for the gunshot, ladies and gentlemen. Because the Knicks beat the Spurs 96 to 111. And we are here to talk about it. All right, all right, all right. First and foremost, we got to talk about these stats. And when we're talking about the stats, you can't talk about the stats and talking about without talking about the Bodman himself, Bodman Barrett, giving you 31 points on a night with four assists and three round three rounds. Gunshots for the Bodman himself. Also, we gotta talk about the monster game from Mitchell Robinson, who gives you 13 points, four blocks, one steal, and 11 rebounds. Gunshots for your man Mitch Robinson. Emmanuel quickly chips in. With 12 points, six assists, four rebounds, and a block. And gunshots with Mario quickly. He's been in a lot of heat discussions lately about whether or whether or not he's a point guard. But I digress, and we'll get into that later. And also, he got to big it up. The man returning with the contused thigh, bruised thigh, whatever that man has. Evan Fournier returning to action with 18 points in just 21 minutes, giving you five rebounds, two assists, and two steals. And we're going to break this game down. But before we break this down, you now you already know what it is, man. I'm going to introduce my man. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Good win for Knicks tonight. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's get to it all right um first and foremost man when the barrett when the bodman sees the celtics he sees red i mean he i mean no i'm sorry i'm sorry he when his bad mind sees the spurs he sees red i'm sorry when evan sees the celtics <laughs> when evan might be seeing green but he actually sees red when bodman sees the spurs he sees red he had a career high versus the Spurs before today he gives you 31 points on the night. Um, man, what did you see from RJ Barrett tonight? I feel like he gave it everything he had. And uh, excuse me, because it seems like the, the stats are a little bit off. Sorry, but what did the RJ Garrett give to you tonight? Um, Bodman Barrett, I when Bodman Barrett is at his best, um, he plays inside out per se, like he's at every level when on the offensive end. Mm -hmm. You know, he drives to the basket, he finishes at the basket, he shoots the three well. And then on top of that he gets he, you know, he gets his mid range going and things of that nature. I just felt like RJ Barrett just put it upon himself to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. Drive to the basket hard. Finish at the rim. He also made a few plays as he was driving to the rim as well. And overall, you know, Barrett just had a overall good aggressive offensive game and when Barrett plays like this it bodes well for the Knicks like Mitchell Robinson said in his post-game conference not too long ago he said he loves when RJ Barrett plays like this because when he plays like this it takes pressure off of him so and I feel like it's that's that's how it is for the rest of the Knicks roster as well because when RJ Barrett plays like this he's a problem and with and with him driving to the rim 
and with him, you know, improving his ability to finish at the rim and drawing in the defense, it also creates lanes as well, you know, for Mitchell Robinson. You know, he can he can dish off Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell yep. Robinson gets the easy dunk, mm-hmm. or he can pass out to the three and you know hit Grimes or somebody out like that open for three as well. So, yeah, Badman Barrett basically had an overall game offensively. Yeah, yo, and this is the thing: a night where Julius Randle only scores two points. It's imperative that somebody else steps up for the night. Um, we you, we got guys like Kevin Walker here, like Evan Fournier here, um, to take some of that scoring load off of Julius Randle. And tonight was Barrett's night, and he did what he had to do. And like you mentioned earlier, when he's able to score on all three levels, you're in trouble because it seems like this season he's he's either I'm hitting the three and or I can't make a layup. I can make a layup, but I can't hit the three. Or, or even last year it was like, oh, I can hit the mid-range shot, but that's all I can do. Um, today he, he mixed it up perfectly well. I feel like he, he, he picked his spots. He didn't just, I'm going to go to the hole, and that's about it. And I think he's a lot of big reasons why he won this game. Uh, the Knicks were, uh, were kind of fighting from behind in the second quarter, and there was like a two or three minute stint in that second quarter with Barrett actually put the team on his back and he hits a three and he goes to the hole and it's and he he's scoring at will and the gardens on his side and everybody's like looking at this guy like this is the guy who i thought should have the keys earlier and now he's showing me that again and if you're looking how he's been playing recently he's been playing well for the most part with with the exception of a few games and i think even um um even among and I think even the shooting is starting to come back because the three-point shooting is something that I was kind of scared of today. He goes three or four from three. Um, and it's the touch is going back. You can even see the way he's shooting his free throws. You, you, the way he's shooting his free throws, you can tell that that mid-range game is, gonna st- is starting to drop as well. And kudos to the coach for recognizing that Barrett had it going because when the third quarter started, um, the coach went to him to make plays and finish at the rim and carry the team on his back and he delivered this time and this and I hope he can start to build on this and get some consistency man because we really need to start to get some consistency and and be like all right from Barrett I'm going to get this this and this from Evan Fournier I'm going to get this this and this especially on nights like this when Randall is not giving you anything offensively but um and Randall's just giving you rebounds. You want to be able to count on other people to kind of carry the torch and, you know, get these wins together, string some wins together. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Just making sure, just making sure. So salute right. to the... <laughs> Yo, salute to the chat, man. Um, Shout out to everybody who's rocking the KOT show. Shout out to Chris S, uh, J.R. Acosta. Politically not correct. Chuck Norris, press the boss, and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. We are celebrating a win. Man, the Knicks. The Knicks are one game under 500. Uh, 10 of 11 from at home. And we're stringing along some wins, man. We're stringing along some wins. And we, we need to do it right now because it's almost a trade deadline, right? Um, And we got big, important decisions to make. And depending on how we, we play until February, these these little games and who performs well and who doesn't can really affect who's going to be around when the trade line, deadline is, is over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yes, sir. And the crazy thing about it, too, is that the Knicks 20 and 21 record is the same as last season at this point. So that's even what's that's even what's funnier about the record. So I'm thinking, is this the time when the Knicks finally explode? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. And go go on like a 10, 11 game winning streak and, you know, and create some separation. Yo, I I hope so. I hope so, because it is very needed at this part with these all these new parts. Um, you would hope that we would get some cohesion at some point. Um, but which brings me to Evan Fournier, man. Which brings me to Evan Fournier. Um, Evan Fournier, he come, he has a game off. We kind of missed him against the Celtics. We wish he was around for the Celtics. He finally makes it uh, back, and he scores 18 points. 41% from the field, but 57% from three, four, seven, five rebounds, two steals. I even saw him playing some defense, Ryan. Something I yeah. wasn't used to seeing him playing. Like I saw him in the first quarter getting into passing lanes, and he looks like he looked comfortable. He looked like, you know what? I'm running. I'm running to my spots. I'm shooting with confidence. I'm not head faking anything to death. I'm going to the floor where I need to. And for the first time, when I'm looking at the game, it seems like. Evan Fournier and R.J. Barrett are having a good game at the same time. So, um, is this a, I'm like, in my mind, what do you think? Because when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, maybe he's starting to turn a corner offensively. Maybe this is something we can do. Maybe the Celtics game jogs something in his brain where he's like, all right, maybe I'll get my shots here. Am I, is this wishful, is this wishful thinking for me? Am I am I crazy, guys, or am I just being like too much of like a hopeful? <laughs> I, I think at the moment it's wishful thinking because I I feel like with Fournier we have to at least see a few more games in a row before we can finally be like, yeah, he's finally getting it and knowing his role within the Knicks offense and or whatever the case may be. But overall, I believe Fournier did have a good game today. Um, he definitely seemed active, and this is the thing with Fournier because I feel like when Fournier's when Fournier is engaged, you know, when he's actually getting his looks on offense, he's actually scoring the ball, I do feel like that helps him on defense as well mm-hmm. to be more engaged. And the fact that he was actually getting the ball, because I, I think on a few of his shots, like a couple of his three-pointers, teammates actually found him wide open. Right. You know, for the three, and he was able to knock those down. And, maybe, and then maybe a couple of the threes, he got it off a of movement. And I feel like this is one thing the Knicks have to try to do is to get Fournier involved because if you want to get the best out of Fournier, especially on both sides of the ball, you have to get him involved on offense. And I think the Knicks did a pretty good job of that today. And as you can see, you know, when Fournier can give you 18 points, you know, it's going to bode well for the Knicks, especially with the way RJ Barrett played today as well. You know, it's funny. Like, I feel like there might be a correlation because there's only one basketball, right? I've yeah. always felt like Fournier and and RJ can't play together because I feel like either one of or the other of them will be shooting the ball at a high rate. Today, Randall takes seven shots, right? So we have your starting, your 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 starting, <laughs> your starting five, and the guy usually takes the most shots, takes seven shots. That leaves rooms for your wings to really eat and this might be why today we actually saw rj and fournier have a good game at the same damn time i'm not sure if that's going to be the the norm when it comes to (laughs) fournier 
And then comes Julius Randle. But I mean, the what? Yeah, you got to give it up Julius Randle. He, he didn't press. He wasn't shooting well. And he was... It, he, he was willing to give the ball up. He was willing to give the ball up. And he did. And, and I'm not going to lie. At some points, Randle did look a little bit disengaged to me. How did he look to you, uh, to, to, to you Ryan? Because, I mean, he did look disengaged. But um, um, he got he got rebounds today. <laughs> yeah, that's a positive about Julius Randle. He definitely crashed the boards, and but you know, which is definitely a positive. Um, yeah, he did seem disengaged at times. I I think it's it's funny because it's the same thing that I think Wally Zerbiak pointed out the other day with Randle and setting screens. It seems like when Randle tries to set screens, he doesn't really set them. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. kind of like. He kind of, you know, gives like a lackadaisical effort when it comes to setting screens and things of that nature. And when he's not really engaged, you know, on the offensive end, I feel like it it kind of takes away from him a bit, you know, as to having a role. Mm-hmm. You know, like Randall's not one of those players where, okay, if he's not scoring, he finds like another way to be engaged. I, you know, Randall's one of those players where it's like, if he's not scoring the ball, like, that's the only way he's yeah. going to be engaged if he scores the ball. So, yeah, like, he did seem disengaged at times. But like I said, he crashed the boards. On defense, I feel like the effort was there more often than not. Okay. You, you know, I, I didn't feel like he showed a whole lot of lackadaisical effort on defense. I feel like it was there more often than not. But, okay. yeah, he did seem disengaged at times. and but but it, but it wasn't as terrible as other games I've seen. So, you know, I'm going to give Randall a, a little of a pass, you know, in this game because I didn't feel like he was, like, just zoned out throughout the whole game. Interestingly enough, the subtext, right, the story under the story today was, are people going to boo Julius Randle at the start? And I feel like MSG was kind of trying to hide the fact that people were booing <laughs> him because, you know, with an... Let me know. Did I miss something, guys? Because when I turned on the TV at MSG, I didn't see like the the starting t- the starting five announcement. Did you guys see it? Because I didn't see it. Well, they did say on the um broadcast that he that ran, there was a sprinkle of booze. It wasn't all cheers. There yeah. was a sprinkle of booze. But they you see how they they just they switched the story, Ryan? Because first they said at the start. Oh, they, the, the crowd cheered for him, Randall. Oh, they, they cheered for him. And then, like, after later on, like, the third quarter, they spilled <laughs> the beans. It's like, well, there was a sprinkle. Was, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like, you know, some of MMG's faithful is really on him because we were up 20, and Randall turned the ball over, and all you heard was, boo! I'm like, yo, <laughs> okay. Yo, to be honest about it, though, at the end of the first half, when Randall took the step back three and he missed, I did hear some boos from the crowd, though. I'm, I, 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 said, I'm I, I did hear some boos. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, and not to, not everybody is on the boo bird train from Randall, but I I think the thumbs down definitely, um, you know, rubs somebody the wrong way. Personally, I th- I think he should have kept that information to himself when he asked about immediately what the thumbs down meant. <laughs> that probably wasn't the smartest thing. You could, you could just like you know next question or something, but you know. It is what it is right now. We got the win. Randall was unselfish. He got the 12 rebounds. He got the rebounds. How many rebounds did he get on the night? Yeah, he got 12, I believe. 12 rebounds and three assists uh, and three turnovers on the night from Julius Randall. Yeah. Uh, man, 
And also, I gotta give I gotta give props to my man Mitchell Robinson. I gotta give props to my man Mitchell Robinson because Mitchell Robinson came in here. A lot of times when he was behind, it was Mitchell Robinson's offensive rebounds that really kept us in the game a lot of the time. At the I think at halftime, Mitchell Robinson had four offensive rebounds. Uh, finished the game with eleven rebounds. Altogether, 13 points and very active on the boards today. Very active on the boards. Here. Yeah, Mitch definitely, um, he definitely had a good game tonight. You know, protected the paint with the four blocks. He was very active on the boards, it contributed 13 points. So overall, Mitch had a pretty solid game. I was, I was pretty proud of his performance tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. I Drip Moore says he wants the gunshots for the bye man. The gunshots <laughs> is going on for the bye man, all right? Because the Knicks, yes, sir. <laughs> he did what we had to do and beat the lowly Spurs 111 to 96, led by the man, Bob Man Barrett. He would have had a new career high, but you know, the coach had mercy on his, on the Spurs, left him on the bench for almost the entire fourth quarter. But shout out to everybody, Rock. Huh? No, my fault, man. But I don't even think it was, I don't even think it's mercy because. After after Dibs um pulled out the side unit and put in the uh, and put in the bench, they was going off too. So I don't even think it's mercy. <laughs> he was just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it was mercy. <laughs> I don't think, man. I don't think, it was. I think it was a. It was a, it was a tab in mercy. It was a tab in mercy. Yeah, but, maybe a little bit, but it wasn't much mercy though. <laughs> right, right. But shout out to the yo. Shout out to the chat, man. Shout out to the bad man. Shout out to picks for Timmy Dripmore. Uh, our repping old school Mark W. Everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. And gunshots for the Bodmon. Scored on all three levels and gave you some um some passing at the end. Really good decisions, man. man he, yeah. when, he, when he can Yo, I remember doing breakdowns of Barrett last year talking about his vision and how his vision is growing. It seems like he's taking a little bit of a step back this year when it comes to his vision. But, you know, just, he has a different role in this team right now. Um, But it was really nice to see him make some really nice dimes to to uh Taj Gibson at the end, to to Grimes at the end for three the cross port passes and Lobson Mitch, man, because he has the passing package if he decides to use it. He just needs to decide to use it a little bit more often than not, sometimes. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. All right. But salute to you guys. The phone lines are open. If you want to get in and talk about this game, you already know what the number is 319-527-6241. And also too, man, we're gonna talk about um we're gonna talk about some news. You're gonna talk about some some news that's going on in Knicks Nation about some free agents who are available right now. All right, but so before we begin about that, let's talk about another reason why we won this game. And I'm not gonna lie, man. I I got the news that Evan Fournier was returning right to the starting lineup. And I'm like, all right, cool. Evan is returning. That means we should start quickly. Evan Fournier, <laughs> RJ Barrett, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But no. Tom Thibodeau goes with Alec Burks to start at point guard once again. And I was just like, man, I was tired of Burks for a minute because I'm just like, man, he just does not seem to work as a starting point guard. But today, Burks gives you 16 points on the night. Uh, shot 50% from the field. It seems like this is the best game he's had as a starter since he's played so far. <laughs> <laughs> and hit some crazy difficult shots. Some shots that I thought wasn't even good shots, but he hit them nonetheless. 
So what do you think about what do you think about this Burks versus Quickly point guard situation and and Burks's game today in general or, or Quickly's game, mind you? Um. Well, first and foremost, we all know Sibs is that guy who's always going to go to old reliable, old faithful, so, yeah, old faithful, <laughs> old reliable. So you already know Burks is going to win that point guard battle, and he's going to get the starting um job over quickly. But um. Yeah, this game was one of the games where Bur- where Burks, he did not have a bad game of point guard, and he did play pretty well. And I feel like with the Spurs having DeJounte Murray, who's a big point guard, yeah, I feel like Stips was always was always going to go with Burks as a starting point guard to match up with Murray as opposed to quickly. But right. it's clear as day, because even, you could even see it in this game as well. When quickly is on the court, the offense speeds up, mm-hmm. and the offense runs, in my opinion, more efficiently. There's more ball movement and things of that nature. So when you look at both guys' playing styles, of course, quickly to me, quickly would be the ideal guy to start at a point guard. You know, but and I th- and I feel like Burks plays better off the bench. He's shown that, you know, from the time with the Knicks that he's more effective off the bench. My thing is this, though, because... When you have point guards that are out, you know, like how the Knicks have no Kemba and no Rose, mm-hmm. and you know, and and like for and quickly, for example, just as much as you want quickly to start, quickly plays well with that second unit as well. Yeah. So that's where the dilemma comes in, and that's where you have to decide where do you want to take quickly from that second unit and put him in a starting lineup to go with the to go with the you know with the starters or do you want to keep quickly with that second unit where the second unit is so effective on both the defense and the offensive side of the balls and just have Burks, you know, run the point with the first unit. So I feel like that's where the dilemma is, but me personally I'd still put quickly at the starting point guard and just have quickly share time with the first unit and the second unit. You just have to find creative ways you, to you know, out, kind of stagger exactly, the minutes type of situation. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, man, you you took the words right out of my head, Ryan. Like it was funny because as soon as I saw quickly come in for Burks, and you know, I feel like immediately Randall had more space. Immediately, Randall has more space, and it's not even just his shot making because of course it's quickly shot making, but it's little things. It's like how hard quickly runs around screens. And his constant motion, I kind of feel like frees up Randall. Like just his movement. Period. Because as soon as he gets in the game, I like he 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 gets the ball, he darts to the paint, and then all of a sudden there's like this there's that word that people like to use, gravity. All of the spurs just kind of pull right into quickly. And quickly turns around, passes to Randall. All of a sudden, look at Randall's looking around. He has like he has sixty hundred feet of space all around him, all because of how hard quickly he runs to the paint. Yeah, and, but then he passes the ball. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, and then Randall passes the ball. I mean, Bruh. but I mean, <laughs> but you get the point. Is you, you get the point? You get what I mean? It's like he doesn't even have to shoot to cause the effect on the team. It's just the way he's running so hard. In half court sets, in fast break sets, and just even the way it just and it also seems like his vision has gotten better. Where he get, he he gets his, he gets obs on a lob. Uh, I mean, and, and he's not perfect, but he, it just seems like things just happen more. 
But like you said, like the last game, Ryan, we lost the bench, the bench battle. We I think we lost the bench battle. Like we only had three points last time. So Evan coming back and and, and quickly coming on the bench kind of helps us win that bench battle. And I also feel like, you know, the bench is kind of what helped us kind of get multiple stops when it came to that third, fourth quarter. You know, when we started putting certain things there, because we could not stop Devontae Murray to save our lives. At one point, he was shooting 70% from the field. and But when it was bench versus bench, I feel like we started to kind of chip away at the lead. And I think we got one on a 10-1 at one point. And I think it had a lot to do with the second unit defense and our bench being able to match other benches. And Emmanuel quickly, who was able, even though people were arguing whether he's a pure point guard or not, it don't matter. He's an effective guard that is making plays. Has six assists on a night. He could have easily probably had ten if some people, some certain people hit, you know, layups and and dunks and things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, shout. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. But you know what? Gunshots to everybody off the show. Um. Listen, man. If you would like, to, I know we got some calls. Up. Okay, so we got three callers up. First caller is up, man. Let us know, man, what your name is and where you're from and what do you want to talk about? What's going what's going on, JL? If you can hear me loud and clear. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, I'll make sure I pay my phone service this this evening. How's everything? Let's go, baby. Let's go. We got that win, baby. That's it. Hey, nothing but these dubs are trying to see for the rest of this season. I appreciate all the work that you've been doing. I've been following you for years. Ever since you transferred over from Nick Fan TV. Everybody over there in the family still appreciate and love you, bro. But I appreciate the endeavor with you actually going out solo, doing your own thing. This is a huge accomplishment. I support you to the fullest, and I appreciate everything that you do for us for the Knicks organization. Yeah, I'm much appreciated. Yeah, I appreciate the love, man. Appreciate the love. Yo, the funny thing is, people don't realize, but I had KOT show was was a lot before Knicks Fan TV. Like we just had one once a week podcast. And we and I was trying to uh, expand, but um, you know, we here right now. I definitely thank you for your support, man, and thank you for calling in and giving us some love. Support you for real, for real. Definitely. Um, if I could just give one or two pointers real quick on the game. Go ahead. Synopsis wise, I appreciate the the effectiveness y'all giving as far as Emmanuel Quickly's result. What my, my situation is, I believe they should keep, they should keep Alec Burke on the bench because we need more firepower for our scoring. We can't be that uh, be that one sided to really think. Take all of our solid scores, try to formulate a, a starting five that's going to be admirable, but then we got a weak bench looking like the rest of the league. The bench is what's been saving us majority of the year, so don't mess up a good thing while we got it. I understand there's still some pieces missing. I'm I'm really worried about Nerlens Noel because either his leg or his health is really Man. putting this team in jeopardy long term, bro. I don't know what's going on. I know Sims just came back from protocol. Mm-hmm. We're getting bodies slowly but surely. Deuce McBride came back. Is I, I don't know. I'm I'm leaving that in Tibbs' hands, but mainly I just want a healthy team. Dependability is always the best available. Yeah, I appreciate your call. Thank you, and I appreciate the platform. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right, good night. Got a shout out to my guy, man. Thanks for calling. All right. Yo, the one thing I will say though is the Emmanuel quickly OB topping connection is like a sacred connection. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a sacred blood brother bond. That like I want to keep together as long as possible. If I'm looking at trade rumors, I'm looking at the way Ob's looking. I'm not sure how long we can do it because even today, I don't know if you caught. I don't even know if you caught. Um, 
Obi's facial expression. Like even when Obi was catching little lobs and he was winning, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't look as jovial as he usually does. Is it me? I don't know if you caught that, or you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me let me know in the chat if you caught that or not. No, nah, um, you're you're definitely not the only one who caught it because I was checking on Nick's Twitter and a lot of people definitely commented on Obi's facial expression when Thibs took him out the game, which seemed to be a quick hook and. It's one of those things where it's like Thibs, he just he just has all of his trust in Randall, and because he want and because he wants to play Randall so many minutes, it's just a hard space for Obi to be in at the moment because it doesn't seem like Thibs wants to be flexible enough to be like okay, let me play Randall at least like, okay, let me play Randall like 25 to 30 minutes a game and then give Obi the rest of those minutes. It seems like Thibs and his starters, Thibs, Thibs loves playing his starters 35 minutes, 36 minutes, 37 minutes. And with Randall and the way he played last season, I think it just carries over to this season. And Thibs knows what Randall is capable of, and he just doesn't want to take him out of the game knowing what Randall has done for the team last season. That's what I believe. And yeah. It's it's just it's just tough for Obi right now, and yeah, that, that's about it. Like it, it's just tough. It's 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 super tough, man. It's super tough. Like, I don't know how long this is gonna last, but he definitely looked like somebody took his cookies today. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes because behind the scenes it's like it's trade season, so you don't know what agents are telling them. You don't know what you don't you don't know what what calls they're getting or fielding what information is being fed to them. Like these are gonna be a lot of these rookies and uh, first time going going through rumors. So who knows that's happening? Who knows is him not getting minutes? It could be a, a plethora of things. But I, I would keep an eye on that situation moving forward, for real. Mm. Yeah, and and I mean it's a harsh truth, but the only way I see Obi getting substantial minutes is if Randall is gone. That's the only way I see it. Yeah. And when I listen, when I was on Knicks Fan TV, I think I I think I might have been the first one to say it on Knicks Fan TV. Actually, <laughs> I was like, I it seems like he's gonna be happy moved at a certain point. I actually said it here on TLT show, but um, and I think people are starting to really see what I'm talking about. And who knows what's gonna happen in the future? But um, I hope I hope the best, man. I really hope for the grass. Um, but l- l- let's get to a next caller up. Let us know what your name is, where you're from, and what do you want to talk about, sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that year, right up the move. What up, what up? Yes, sir. Gunshots, gunshots, gunshots. Yeah, gunshots, gunshots. Energy, energy, energy. You right, you right. Let's bring it back. We won this game today, damn it. Definitely, definitely. But I would definitely say that you ain't bugging about the OB's energy. OB just looks over it. He looks tired of it. Yeah. So I agree. If I was looking at that, like you said, trade season, trade season in talk, it's like OB just looks – because he looks like Tibbs isn't even trying to work with him. You know, like Tibbs, like we said, when he played OB all those minutes, it looked like it was spiteful minutes. Like, yeah. right, they want you so bad. Go out there and play. Yeah. Like, play – the preseason, I mean, the pregame, the after game, like you ain't stand down for nothing since the fans want you so bad. Not like right. I got this trust you, I'm going to give you the ball. And even though, even that shady comment he put, I mean, he said at the post game, like, oh, everybody wants a backup quarterback. I was like, come on, man, this dude is in year two of his, of his 
of his career. You don't, you know, you don't cut his legs under him like that. Right. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause I'm, I'm not gonna lie. If I was in Obi's camp, if I was, if I was his homeboy, I'd be that dude from Ballers. Like, look, you need to lead his team. You need to go somewhere. <laughs> so you know, he. <laughs> Facts. Like, they're not appreciating you. Yeah. You know, the way the fans love you. Like, seriously, you know he's hearing it. You know he's hearing. It. Come on, man. He's from Brooklyn. You he's, know he's hearing. Yeah, it. you know it, man. Like, yeah. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of. There's a bunch of tips. There's a boo. Like, come on, we know he's hearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so he's he's over it. Especially Tibbs keep really Tibbs does show that too. He doesn't even give him nothing. It's like he will die, live and die with Randall instead of letting Obi just learn the game. And Obi isn't going to learn the game with Randall on a five-year contract. So I want Obi to be a Nick badly. That's the only jersey of this season I got. But for his own career, that guy's going to go. He's not going to stay. Like, unless the front office basically make the move because Randall's my next topic. Randall still seems like he's not all there. Like, I don't know yeah. what's going on with him. It's like, if he don't want to be, like I said, maybe he need to go on a sabbatical or something, just take Another, a couple games off right. and <laughs> You know, Wu side. I don't know, man. The guy just don't seem like he's 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 like he just doesn't seem like it. He doesn't seem like he's 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 all there. Seems like he still got lots of going on mentally. Like he's battling with the fans, just everything. Where's like like I said, give him the Kevin Love treatment. Kevin Love and the Cavs. He still he signed a hundred million dollar contract. He was parked on the bench. Still. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like yo, like I, that's. But we know who Tibbs is, and that would be a Dolan. World Wide West, Leon Rose move. Tibbs will Shut never do that. The he, only he's doing that is Randall got an injury. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Think, and you and you said it best yourself a couple episodes, uh, Jay, where he's a ball player. At the end of it, he's going to want to go out there and hoop. So yep. he's not going to, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to basically take that, like, he's not going to take that, that, that initiative. My opinion. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So I agree. I think Obi's days are numbered. Unfortunately, I hate to see it. Because I think it would be, it would have been Tibbs is too much of a bonehead to see. <laughs> like you can unlock those two, even if, like we say all the time, even if you're playing Randall twenty-seven. Because I was looking at, I was looking at Randall's career, mm-hmm. and even the minutes he was playing in, even the minutes he was playing when he was in um with the Pelicans, right? He wasn't even playing that much minutes. But his efficiency was he he was that was one of his most efficient years, even even from his time with the Knicks, unless except for last year where he played. Right. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was hyped to get so, him. To be honest, to be honest with you, I saw the efficiency numbers on the Pelicans once um AD went down, and I was like, okay, yeah. this could be something here, you know. <laughs> so, and even with the minutes he was playing, he could easily play those amount of minutes. I think it's like twenty minutes a game. He could play that. Obi could play the other. And hold on, they can figure it out. They can. Hold on up? one second. Hold on one second. Hey guys, is it a trade? Is it, is it a trade no, no, it's not a trade. But it's some big still us. We hit 10K on Instagram. Oh, we, hit 10K on Instagram. we hit 10K on Instagram. <laughs> big news, big news, big news. Thanks, thanks, guys, for following us. I'm sorry to interrupt the show. Keep going. <laughs> we got into it for that. We got into it for that one. Oh, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But um, I know you got some callers. I don't want to leave me on your laptop all night. But, um, Good game, Evan. This is what we need to see more of. Evan actually is looking like who we signed, who we paying 17 mil for. RJ looking the same way. Like we say, it is a long season. Yep. But again, Tibbs, like we keep saying, it's scaring us because it's like, yo, you playing these guys 38, 40 minutes, and you're going to burn them out by the time we make it to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it's like, I would much rather efficiency than, like, we make it to the playoffs and these guys ain't got nothing left. 
what good is it make it to the playoffs when they don't got nothing left? Absolutely. So that's True. like so that's kind of the biggest thing that's a concern because it's like okay we're down bad on point guards right now. There's no reason why McBride can't eat with quick. Quick should not be playing forty minutes because he's gonna be done. Like you know so yeah yeah I, 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 I and I go ahead go ahead yeah so no I'm saying so I'm loving what I'm seeing with Grimes. Grimes looking good. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, Mitch is looking real good too. Mitch is he's looking like he's getting back in good shape, which is really good to see. Um, yeah. But even with him, it's like don't leave him. I Mitch, Mitch already is injury prone like a must, so don't leave him out there. You got Jericho Sims now. Let him go in there. So hopefully Tibbs can adjust these um, these lineups and these rotations, so that way these guys aren't done come playoff time. If we even make the playoffs, I believe it. I say, y'all know me, Mr. Optimistic. Yeah, I, I still believe <laughs> once, this, once this once this team gets its head eyes rear end. We good, but hopefully it happens. Hopefully Randall figures out. Hopefully he goes on a sabbatical he needs because I think he needs to go on one. <laughs> and <laughs> well, he, needs to, he needs to stop going at it with the fans because you're not winning that battle because they're nope. obviously getting in your head. Nah, like you I said, I would, I, would respect, I would respect it if he's going to say, I'm going to let my game shut up, but it's not happening. You don't got it, Jack. That's not, you're not doing it. So yeah, it is what it is, fellas, as always. Make sure you hit that hit that like button, subscribe, all 82, follow the Instagram, follow the Twitter, follow Sir G, follow Jailers, everything. I'm out. Yeah! Let's go! Yeah! Shout <laughs> <laughs> to my guy, JT, man. Hitting that 10K on Instagram. That's, man, you don't understand. You don't understand. Man, I was out the ground for those 10. No followers bought. All organic, damn it. Exactly. All organic. <laughs> no followers bought. <laughs> All right, <laughs> straight people. All right, <laughs> could have bought twenty followers. Like, nah, I'm not doing it. Not doing nah. it. Man, Michelle, yo, man. One thing I want to say about Grimes, man. Grimes, me, 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 me give Grimes, Grimes some love. I want to give Grimes some love, but also give Grimes some criticism at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because Grimes has, um, he's he's. He's hitting the three, right? But I feel like he's starting to get in this place where he's head faking a little bit too much. When he first got in to, to, to being Grimes, I liked him because he was a gunner. He would go in there, he would just shoot. If he had three seconds of space, he's going to shoot in, in 0.5 seconds. It didn't matter. Now I feel like he's, he's you know, head faking a little bit too much. Granted, the, best, the one of the best plays of the day was when he head faked. And then dish it to Mitchell Robinson. That was probably the best player of the day. Anyway. Oh! I allow that one head fake. But there was like a there was a play where Julius Randle was on a fast break, and he tosses it between the legs to Grimes, and Grimes is wide open, and he was just like, uh, and then passes it off. I just want to see him get a little bit of that aggressiveness back. You know, am I, am I, am I bugging? I mean, I don't think you're bugging. Grimes didn't have a good game today. You know, he hit some threes. I like that play to Mitch Robinson. That was definitely a great play. Yeah. And it, sh- it shows that Grimes does have a little playmaking ability to him as well. But, yeah, when when Grimes was first was playing, it didn't matter. That dude just shot it. Like, as soon as he got it, he just it's caught up. it and just shot off rip. But It's up and it's stuck. It's going up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I think it is? I feel like because if you look at some of the greatest shooters in the game, a, a lot of these great shooters, they have very effective head fakes, and I feel like maybe they're trying to incorporate that into Grimes' game, mm-hmm. and then Grimes is trying to, and then Grimes is trying to utilize it in games to to see if he could probably gain that advantage when he shoots this, when he, when he shoots the three, or you know to get a wide open look, or 
or try to create off, you know, letting the guy go by and driving into the lane. Right, right. And maybe and, and, and maybe he he just hasn't gotten a grasp yet of when I went to use the head fake and when not to use the head fake. So maybe he's just trying to, like, you know, add that to his game and trying to learn on the fly, like, you know, when do I use it, when do I not use it. Right. I, yeah. Now, that makes sense. That, make, that makes sense because when you are an adept shooter, that's the next phase of your game, figure out when to use your head fake and when not to. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, he just has to get used to, get, used to getting the ball. And maybe he wasn't – maybe, you know what, he went through went through such a long stretch without getting the ball, maybe he was surprised that Randall even passed it to him. So maybe that's part of it too. But, um, listen, six assists on the night for Quentin Grimes. Not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it helps when you know RJ Barrett's breaking down the breaking down the ball. People are collapsing, and you know now the ball is moving around um, fluently. But six assists for Grimes, gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um. Listen, shout out to everybody who's rocking with the show. I see we got Big Reaper on the phone next. Big Reaper, let us know what you want to talk about, and yeah, let's, let's get to it. Hey, good evening, Jay Ellis. Good evening, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to 10,000 followers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, you know, happy about that for you guys. Also happy about this game, the next one. So, it, um, you know, I really enjoyed the fact that, like, you know, they were running the offense. They weren't running the offense through Julius. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, um, because I, I just don't know what's going on with them, but he just, you know, I think somebody, I'm not going to say what the person said he's playing like, so. But um, <laughs> we can imagine. Just, I, I don't know what's going Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, he's just, honestly, he just doesn't have the head to play uh, to play in New York. He's kind of like a front runner kind of guy. Mm-hmm. When everything is going great, you know, he'll possibly, he'll do what he has to do when it's going great and he's playing great. But when he's uh, struggling, it's like then all of a sudden, He's battling with the fans. Yeah. And now he does it like today. It felt like he didn't want to play, like he was on strike or something. Um, <laughs> so, as long as RJ wasn't on know. strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So RJ played a great game. Um, Mitchell Robinson was pretty active. He's getting back into shape. But hopefully with Mitchell Robinson, I just hope the coach doesn't start running him into the ground because if you know this big man like Mitchell Robinson – they normally average like 27 to 30 minutes a game, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's something they got to keep an eye on. If, they, if you still see Mitchell Robinson 34 minutes a game, then I think that could be an issue. Not gonna, I hope it's not, but today he was at almost 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just kind of something to look at going forward. Good point. And, uh, Evan, yeah, Evan Fournier played a great game. Also, Alec Burks played a great game quickly. I like, you know, I really like the way it wasn't perfect. Uh, he still has, in my opinion, he still has a lot to improve, but he did a good job today. I think it's just better because quickly was running the offense and uh, obviously RJ Barrett was also running the offense as well. And so everything just, it just looked, it's like night and day. Although Absolutely. it's the Spurs and the Spurs are not a great defensive team. It's, um, you know, it's still night and day because I mean, like we were struggling against Oklahoma city Detroit, you know, we were struggling to move the ball against them to even score against uh, some of those teams sometimes. So Absolutely. it's really good to see, you know, to see them play much better. Yo, uh, we go into Obi. Hold on one second. Sorry, hold on ahead. one second. Ryan, take over for a second. Mm-hmm. Something's happening. Over All right, cool. <laughs> All right, go All right, ahead. Reaper, keep talking. 
yeah, so regarding yeah, regarding OB, I agree with you guys. There's something going on there. You know, honestly, I've always been a big fan of Thibodeau, the way he the way he builds up his players in terms of like, you know, the the steps he makes them go through before they actually get burned. Yeah. I like that, but you know, I'm really starting to see what, you know, some of these other organizations that let him go, probably what some of the fan bases over there were seeing and why they don't really like him. And honestly, I think it's just a little messed up. You know, it honestly, what he's doing and what the front office is allowing him to do with Tuobi is like malpractice. You know, it's, um, I just think it's a little messed up. It, you know, it's borderline kind of foul because, like, you know, not even just for Obi himself, but even for the organization itself. It's like, like the previous caller was saying, if you just let these guys grow, he's like the, him and RJ is probably the only two people on the team that has like pretty high ceilings, right? But yeah. they just got to put in the work, right? They got to work hard and get there. But so you got to work with them. They're working with, with RJ, but it's like they don't want to work with Obi. And so it's just unfortunate because I think it's not only is it bad for Obi, but it's really bad for the organization because if they end up trading Obi uh, this year or even next year, his trade value is going to be so low. It's going to be much lower than, you know, it should be. Obi's going to go somewhere else. Obi's going to be a very good player if he keeps basically working the same way, if he keeps working hard. And so I just think it's unfortunate what's going on, going on there. Uh, you know, but, you know, I like, you know, I'm a big fan of Thibodeau, like the way, you know, he coaches and everything, but I'm definitely not liking what I'm seeing, the way he treats, like, when you fall out of favor, I just don't like the way he's uh, treating people that falls out of his favor. It's almost like, it's almost like he makes them like the, his enemy or something. Like, he won't even, it seems like he won't even look their way. He says very little to them or about them or he'll say slick stuff during post, uh, post-conference, like, you know, when you guys were talking about how he said made that backup QB comment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it just like, it's, I just think it's crazy. You know, I just, you know, again, I just think it's like what they're doing is basically malpractice, not just for OB, but for the organization, because they're going to end up trading this guy and they're not going to get anything for him. And he's actually, I think he's going to end up being a very good player. And so, um, but luckily, I mean, it's, you know, like we were saying before, just, just got to go somewhere else to run the offense. Can't have Julius doing uh, running the offense because it's just too crazy. How many, I think how many uh, turnovers did he have today? Uh, three turnovers. He has three turnovers. Yeah, and it's just like you know, and he he only shot the ball seven times, and he had three turnovers and three assists. And you know the other thing the whole team is doing that I don't like they they kind of getting it from Julius. They'll drive to the paint instead of you know going for a layup or like you know putting something up. They're passing it out. You know, every time nobody's looking to shoot some, like a lot of times I feel like they're overpassing. And right. Julius has been doing that forever. And today he just did it all day. He wouldn't even look at the basket when he's in the paint. He'll get in the paint even if he's got a smaller player on him. Instead of shooting the ball, he'll just, like, pass it out. And it's like, why are you passing it out? So it just doesn't even make any sense. So, you know, I mean, and, you know, hopefully they figure it out. But the thing is, them treating Obi the way they're treating Obi and then Julius is acting the way he's acting. Don't you think it makes sense to actually do right by Obi a little bit? So it's like you know, it just doesn't make any sense how they're how they're allowing Thibodeau to approach Obi Toppins and his whole you know his career. But you know, that's pretty much what I got. Thank you guys for taking my call. Right. Uh, congrats on the 10K again. Have yeah, man. Night. Appreciate it. Right. Thank you, man. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. I know you was yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, Reaper had definitely a, a lot to unlock, and here's the thing with Obi because it, it's it's weird because okay, we know Sibs as a coach that he depends a lot on his veterans, and he and he doesn't really give young guys leeway like that. Of course, there's some young guys he will give playing time to, like you know, for example, you see with the Knicks to it quickly, RJ and guys like this, he will get playing time to, but it looks bad because when the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin, he was the eighth pick in the draft. Yeah. He was a lottery pick. The way the Knicks play Obi Toppin, it makes it seem like the Knicks got Obi Toppin within the, in the second round or something like that. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like the Knicks got Toppin as a number eight pick. And I understand that because you have to understand the mindset, I think, going into that draft because I think we all felt that the reason why Obi Toppin was being drafted was because Randall was on his way out. Yep. Based on how we played the previous season, then all of a sudden Randall has his breakout season. But like, but it's like even though Randall has his breakout season, you drafted a guy number eight in the lottery. You can't just play this guy ten minutes a game. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah? like, what's, what, what, like, what sense does that make? Like, you drafted uh, the guy number eight. Like, even if Randall is having an all-star year, you have to find playing time for this guy. You drafted him number eight in the draft. Yo, He's a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Tibbs has a formula, and he does not stray from the formula. His formula not is... Uh, I want an attack... He usually wants an attack guard. Usually an attack guard... Or a tall guard, right? To be a point guard. B, he wants a five who can block shots. And if you can't, if you're not a five who can block shots, he's not interested in, in playing. Because we all know that, you know, the solution to that would be me, some small ball, you know, play Obi next to Randall for, you know, for an extra five or 10 minutes to get him to 15, 20 minutes a game. And, but with the way Thibodeau's mind is and the way his philosophy is on, on, on that side of the ball, he is not going to allow him to to do that and we saw stretches of him doing it this season but i feel like it's only when his hand is kind of forced with injuries and things of that nature and like i don't know the way obi's looking i don't know i don't know if he's gonna make it man <laughs> i don't know it might be time to make the move depending on when we get back i don't want to do it for nothing i'm not trying to give obi away from some like scooby snacks like you know what i'm saying <laughs> i want something in return but um, I already know he's gonna ball where when he if he gets a minute somewhere else, I already know he's gonna ball. I already yeah, know of it. course. I already know it. But um, next next caller up, we got our man Jason from the Lower East Side. What's going on, Jason? <laughs> so I, I think it's funny the conversation we're having. If you've been because I've been saying the same thing for the last few weeks about Obi and how he's not gonna get the playing time with Tibbs. I've been saying kind since funny, last right? year. <laughs> <laughs> last season but, but here's the thing last year he wasn't good mm-hmm. oh I, I know he's actually good yeah well yeah yeah true yeah yeah he struggled he struggled last year yeah like he deserved to only play 10 minutes until like the end of the season last but, year but yo here's the other thing too okay well his defense his defense is I feel like it's the biggest thing that got better and he can handle the ball a little bit more for sure but I always felt like, better at like except I, for three point shooting he got better at everything Right, but I, I feel like last season I can I'll continue to say this. We used him completely wrong. We did not use him as a pick and roll guy 
at all last season. We only we used him for like a buying three times all season, and we've eclipsed that this season. I'm just saying that last year he wasn't good. This year he's good, and the fact that he's still on the same amount of minutes is crazy. But I want to start positive today. Um, two things I really like today. Well, one thing I really like IQ's mid range. He never took mid range shots last year. Nope. Yeah, it was good. Good. Now he's getting good with it. It's really good to see. Beautiful, man. And then you guys were talking about um Grimes, and I think you guys are forgetting that he's a rookie. Yeah, of course. You yeah, guys, right? Like, like oh, I mean, like you guys were like, oh, he he's he's hesitant. I'm like, he's a rookie. He's still he's still young. He's still learning how to play the game. Like he's gonna make mistakes, he's gonna hesitate, he's gonna defer a little. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even. I think he played good today. I think he just missed a few shots. He might have maybe he should have passed a few. He should have took a few more. But he's a rookie. He's going through rookie struggles. So I think he's doing great. No, I, you yeah, know what? I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, like I, like I said, I said that maybe he's trying to incorporate something else into his game. And he just hasn't figured out yet, like how to utilize the head fake properly. Yet. That's what I said. I thought he had a good game tonight. I gave him a critical him, but it's okay. All right, let's get to the meat of this discussion. Hold on one second. You I don't think. Be, hold on one second. Right. Me being critical of a player doesn't mean I'm out on a player. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just. Just let that run. No, right. I'm just saying. I, okay. think he, I think he played really well, and I think he's just he's making a little bit of rookie mistakes. That's all. Okay, cool. We still team Grimes here. I'm just letting you know. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know you team Grimes. I'm just saying. I just think like all right, let's let's move on from that. There's no need to just debate about something so little. All right, cool. So. You guys know I've been saying when Knicks need to trade for Miles Turner, they need to trade Obi as part of that package mm-hmm. because that's the best way to optimize Randall and RJ. Because I, in my mind, there was no way that they're going to handle. Right. A lot might have changed tonight. And it's, it's like a huge paradigm shift that might have happened tonight. Tonight was the first time the fans, in a game that we won, booed Randall and cheered Obi. And Randall looked like he was visibly pissed off about it. And Randall played bad. And everybody knows this. This can get really ugly. Because if Rand- I mean, it could, it could all go away if Randall plays well. But if Randall keeps playing bad and the fans completely turn on him, it can get real ugly. And now, if that happens, I actually could see the Knicks trading Randall. Ah. I don't, man. I don't see... If the Knicks trade Randall, I don't see it happening this season. I feel yeah, but what if the fans, if this, this tick for tack keeps happening with him and the fans, where the fans are booing him, chanting for Obi all the time, and, and Randall starts yelling at the fans back and forth. But like, this can get nasty. I, I'm not saying it's going to be like mm-hmm. a nice divorce. This no, this can get really ugly. Right, right. I. Like I don't, I don't see it. The only way I see it is if like James Dolan goes, "I'm taking over and I don't like it." So trade Randall. That's the only way I see it. I don't see, yeah. Le- I don't see Leon and the Wild Wild West. I'm um, g- going. Um, you know what? After the season you had last year, we're gonna gonna give you half a season to get together, or we're gonna trade you by deadline. Like I feel like it's, it's gonna be have to be something like over the summer or next season deadline, um, to happen for it. For Randall be traded, and by, and by and by that time, I mean, depending on what happens this trade deadline, if uh, like like Obi might be gone by then, or Obi might still be here and we luck out, but we'll see what happens. But like I, I, 
I don't think it's going to be a snap decision thing. I mean, I I I I used to agree with you, but like I was kind of shocked at how the fans were today. I mean, don't get me wrong, we we all think it, and a lot of people say it on Twitter, but for them to actually do it in the arena was kind of crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not gonna boo the fan. You're not gonna put the. <laughs> Yeah. Now you go. Now nah, you put your thumbs down at the fans, then you know <laughs> you don't know. You, you can expect something. You can expect some clap back at some point. So I mean, especially I'm from Knicks. Oh, yeah, I know. But here's the thing: that's what shocks me. It's not like the Knicks, were, the fans were booing them, and we were getting blown out. Right. Now I feel you. But like feel if you. we get blown out by the Mavs on Wednesday, and Randall plays bad. They're gonna boo, and they're gonna cheer for Frank and and Bullock. And you think you're gonna be happy about this? If they just, that'll be funny. I mean, that would be funny, but it'll be. Funny. Oh man! <laughs> rumor made no sense to me when I saw it because mm-hmm. even though I I actually think it would it would be a it potentially could be a good fit because I think if you were to play if you were to go small and play Jeremy Grant and Randall together, the thing is I don't think Tibbs will ever do that. I don't. Well, you know what? We can talk about that. We gonna talk. We can talk about that next. We, we'll talk about that next, right? right. Yeah. We, we'll well, get into that. Yeah. What if I'm not saying this as a straight up trade, but what if this gets out of hand? I could see them trying to get Jeremy Grant and trying to trade Randall. I don't see it. I don't see it that way. You're t- the way you were speaking about it. I don't see it that way. And I'll talk to you about that. They're going to pick between with the fives and the, the five. He's done with Randall. He's like, five call. Get him out of here. <laughs> All right, picks for Timmy. I get it. You don't like him. <laughs> yeah. All right, fellas. So, yeah, I just, like I said, I, I, I'm going to keep watching this. Like I said, if Randall plays better, this will all go away. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be 100% in on Randall. But if he plays bad, we got a lot of home games coming up too. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of home games. Visibly pissed off, and the fans keep going at him, and he goes back and and this can get ugly. That's all I'll say. And okay, and like once they start talking about it, I'm like, you know, stupid yes, Stephen A. Smith starts <laughs> talking about it, it only gets worse. I feel you. I, all right. Yeah. All right. You know what, too? All right. See you guys. All right, yo. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks for the call. You know what else, too? I feel like it would have to be Ryan. I feel like yeah. Randall would have to ask. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I feel so as well. I, I don't think if the fans start booing Randall crazy like that, I don't, I can't see Randall being traded ASAP. But I can definitely see something where the season's going to pass, and maybe Randall's camp is like, you know what? I feel like my time here is done. You know, I want to be moved or something of that nature. But it's it's really hard to imagine from now till February that even if the fans do boo Randall, they're gonna move him. Like it's 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 the only way the only way that's happening is if it's like if it's like a package deal where the Knicks are getting some superstar player in return. That's the only way. Right. Because you, as you can see, I mean, I know people were like you know we're way better without Randall. Like there's holes in this team. There's holes in this team without Randall here. Um, and not to say that Randall is a superstar or whatever, but the bare minimum, bare minimum of him having on the floor today is he's able to attract double teams and get rebounds. And then when you have, when you have, so, and for us to really get where we have to go, he has to step up because after this little, you know, home stretch, we got real, we have the second toughest schedule in the league. Yeah. So he has to play well or we're screwed. Mm. 
Um, next caller up. I thought, I mean, you know what? I was gonna go talk about the the thing, but let's get to the next caller. Next caller up, okay. we got a mill. Hey guys, how you going? What's going on, a mill man? Hey, man? How to get you in? I know you. I know you up late. <laughs> Over in Australia. <laughs> uh, well, up early, man. Oh, I'm sorry, early, late to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I missed out on the second half today, which was because of work, which was where everything, um, where we pushed the lead. But I wanted to talk about Randall because, like, with the incident where it was um, the thumbs down and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only way for Randall to like shut up the fans and stuff like that is to actually shut him up with his play. Like the example that I'm thinking of now is the Ja Morant situation. Like obviously he's not Ja Morant, but yeah. But once Ja Morant came back from injury, the the fans were legit telling him to stay, to stay, like stay out. Like they don't want him because they're playing better without him or supposedly. Yeah. Bring I mean, what does Ja Morant go and do? <laughs> Block a Should shot with some crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's an alien. Man. Yeah. Like he's, he's balled back, out. Back play of the week. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's back-to-back player of the week. And then, um, like, that's the only way to shut up the fans. Like, you can't just thumbs down and then come, the next game you play like garbage. And then, and like, I don't know. It's just it, Today he was all right because he deferred. Today he deferred, which was good. Mm-hmm. He let the young players do their thing. When you don't have it, like, it's good to, like, to let other players shine. I agree. But, yeah, so I didn't really watch the second half. I can't comment on the full game, but that's uh, that's my comment on the Randall situation. Got you. Put up or yeah. shut up. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. You got to agree with you, man. It's all up yeah. to Randall. It's definitely all up to Randall. <laughs> all right. Yo, salute to you, but, man. Yeah, it's, oh, you yeah. got more? Go ahead. If you got more, go ahead. Um, yeah, like it's it's all in his head, Randall, for sure. Like it's, I feel like he's, I don't know if he's not built for New York. Like that's, but whatever's in his head, he might need like a sports psychologist or something. I don't know. It doesn't seem to uh, show him any accountability to then help him. I feel like worse in so many minutes. You've got Ob dying to play. Like it's just, it's just exacerbating the issue. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but yeah, that's about it, man. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I feel like Tom has to. That's I feel like part of that is on Tom. But um, he also, like you said, he has to get his head. Call, call up Ron Artest or Metal World Peace or whoever you want to call them. Get get his sports uh, therapist on the phone and get that man right because we need we gonna need that kid. We gonna, we gonna need him yeah, most definitely. We gonna need him if we want to really string away some wins. Um, we can't survive with him scoring two points a game. But thank you, Emil. Thank you for yeah, for calling in and, and thanks, man. Waking up early to call us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Shout out to Emil. And shout out to Civil Analytics who sends a $10 super chat says, Great game by RJ, but I'm waiting for consistency. Out of 41 games, RJ shot 45% or better only 11 times. Okay, stats. Okay, stat yeah. of the day. I agree <laughs> with the caller, caller. Randall could get traded if fans turn on him. Is okay, All right. All right. I, you know what? I, anything is possible. I guess. I guess my thing is the time. I don't, I don't expect it to be within a month. I can't just see. I don't see Randall just going, I'm out of here or or Dolan pulling the plug by a trade deadline. If anything is to happen, yeah. I feel like it's going to be within like next summer 
or you know next season. I feel like I feel like he's built so much here to try to make the playoffs, and I feel like they're at least gonna give it another push. Bare minimum. I don't expect him to just kind of run in and hide after what he did last season. I just don't see it. I don't expect it. Yeah, and I'd expect how because you have to remember when Julius when Julius Randle made those comments about the fans saying that you know. You know, him with the thumbs down, you know, basically telling the fans, you know, shut the mm-hmm. F up or whatever the case may be. You have to remember how quick Randall's PR team or whatever came went, went back to him and be like, you know, that was a bad move. Because my man came out with an apology ASAP mm-hmm. <laughs> after, yeah. after after he um, came out with, with those comments. And I would think that somebody would be in his ear telling him, OK, you want the boo birds to go away? You have to play, but that's the only way. It's good. That's the only way it's going to go away. So I I think that from now to February, Randall's going to show better. At least I hope that's the case. Yeah, he has all the motivation to play better at home now. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what he does with that motivation. All right? All right. All right. You know what? We, we talked about it enough. We've alluded to it a few times. But I, all you guys have are aware of the news that's, uh, that's going on around Knicks Nation. All right? And we're about to talk about it right now. Um, First, uh... There's been news that's been reported by Shams. Shouts, shouts to my guy Shams. That uh, the Knicks are looking to trade for Jeremy Grant. And it's not just the Knicks who are in contention. It is the Knicks, Wizards, Blazers, and Lakers who are all pursuing Jeremy Grant. Um... Jeremy Grant, you're or you know who's a guy who's was a three and D guy, um, for years, for a couple of years. Well, the three actually started coming on a little bit later. Transferred to Detroit, took a little bit less money, so he can become the man, and now he is the man on a Detroit team team who really hasn't you know shown any signs of life the few years he's been there. Um, their timeline has since changed. Now that they have Cade and other guys on that team, and now um, he's going to be a free agent soon, it might be the time to move him, and the Knicks might be interested. Now, first things first, I've I seen a lot of people going, well, that wouldn't work because Jeremy Grant is a, is a power forward. Yeah, but <laughs> you you know, like he, he Jeremy Grant's Averages 20, 20, 20.3 points per game, 41% from the field, 33% from three, 4.8 rebounds. Is 4.8 rebounds really a power forward? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. Um, the only way Jeremy Grant works is if the Knicks trade away Julius Randle because – Jeremy Grant is basically a wing. You, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's not a stretch five, which I think a stretch five is what the Knicks would need, ideally. He's not a stretch five. He's basically a wing. Right. And I don't think the Knicks need help when it comes to their wings. I think the Knicks are pretty solid on their wings. And at most, he could be a stretch four. And the Knicks already have Julius Randle here, who's basically – a stretch four. But a so, wing is a, is a three. A wing, a wing could be a three or a two. 
Yeah, Wayne could be a three or two, but but he 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 rotates between power forward and small forward. That's what I'm trying to say. Like at most, like if you're gonna play small, he'd be a four. But it's like you have Julius Randle here. Nah, so what sense does it make? He would be a three. Like he's been, he's played three before he went to Detroit. Like if if they make a play for Jimmy Grant, they would probably they would slide him at the three. I would think, and maybe move RJ to two or Evan or whatever. And then it would be Kemba, Keva, Kemba, RJ, Grant, Randall, whoever at center. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, I think I think I think in Detroit he plays the four though. No, he plays the he plays the four in Detroit, but he's played small forward like in other places almost exclusively. So that's just, so this, this is what I'm saying. Like, and the, the fact that he's switchable on defense, where he can play the th- he can play defense on a three and twos and fours is why i could actually see tom wanting him considering you know how far how far we fallen from grace defensively now recently you know they've, they've been saying the knicks are better defensively but you know tom like he has a seven he has a seven foot wingspan he's a seven foot wingspan and he's six eight so you can switch him all over the place and that's something i i think tom would definitely want i i don't think He's exclusively a four. I think people looking at looking at him as a four because of what he, because of what he is in Detroit. But before that, he was playing a lot of three. Yeah, but I think but I think the Knicks have a log jam at the wing, though. I mean, that's the part of the problem. the The part of the problem is who are we moving? Like, I feel like if that move has to be made, um, you you would get uh you would hope that maybe you're moving Fournier or or. Maybe even they might try to move Grimes or Alec Burks or something of that nature. Like it's gonna, it's going to be a young guy, right? I feel like if Jeremy Grant is involved, Obi is gone. I feel like that's, I feel like he would be the main piece. I feel like it would be Obi in a pick somewhere, and I don't know if they want to add somebody else to that, but I feel like it would have to be something like that. And then the Knicks would have to hope to move maybe Fournier or something in another deal. Mm. That's the way I, I would see it. But I can definitely see – I can see the Knicks going, you know what, I want to appease Tom Thibodeau, get a defensive guy here who's a 3 and D guy for sure. Um, would our three-point shooting suffer? Possibly because, you know, he was a 3 and D guy for sure. You, you already see his three-point shooting numbers this season, right? Mm-hmm. He shoots, he's shooting 33% from three this season. Um, but a lot of that can be attributed to the, the increased workload, right? Because, you know, when he was a 3 and D guy, he was a, a more efficient shooter. So you would hope that if he's, like, relegated to maybe, like, a number two role or something like that or a three role, that number would go back up to when. But would he like that? Would he like not being the guy? Because he moved to Detroit to be the guy. You know? Yeah, but I think my issue is I'm not sure how Randall and Grant works. Like, I don't I don't see a seamless fit right there. And and to be honest about it, I like how RJ operates out I like I like how RJ operates at the three. So I'm not I mean, I'm I'm not saying RJ can't play the two. Mm-hmm. But I like how yeah, but I like how he operates at the three. So, me personally, I wouldn't go for Jeremy Grant, but yeah, I, I but I do agree that 
Thibs do like Thibs would like the fact that he's six eight, seven foot wingspan. He's a defender. He can switch on to multiple people and guard them. Mm-hmm. So from that aspect, I could definitely see Thibs wanting a guy like that on his team. It's just that with the guys currently on the Knicks roster, and knowing that, I don't know. Me personally, I, I don't see Grant and Randall working really offensively, but uh, who knows? I mean. I'd rather, like, if I'm to make a trade, I probably would consider Miles Turner over Jeremy Grant, but that's me, though. I, I, I see what you're saying. Come on. We got a $10 super chat. Shout out to Emil uh, Bamansor. Hopefully, you didn't butcher your name too bad. Sends a $10 super chat. Says, speaking of Jeremy Grant, I called in the show and said that Jeremy Grant would be a good fit, but not for the contract he is on. I don't want him because he's he's not going to get the team any closer to winning um it's one of those things where uh, the defense is going i feel like the defense would be way better i feel like when we're facing guys like durant we're facing these athletic wings he one-on-one he he's going to be able to defend those guys at another level that we don't have that yet i know rj wants to be that guy yet but he's kind of shown flashes right um so, like, I feel like that can work. But, you know, like what what Ryan's been saying, the offense is really the part of the ball where you have the most concern because, you know, he, he, he as of right now, he's a pretty decent – he's a pretty, pretty decent mid-range shooter. Three-point shooting has dipped. Um, But you know what? I, I, I personally believe that is a possibility with a lighter load that the three-point shooting will go up, right? The other part of that is he might be a little bit maddening because, like Randall, he's a guy who's learning to be a star, so he's not always going to really pass when he's supposed to pass and shoot when he's supposed to shoot. Like, if you're looking at what the Pistons, like, fans and stuff are saying, they feel like he needs to learn to pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, He doesn't pass the ball when he's supposed to. And, like, he goes one-on-one with, like... too much dribbling a little bit too many times and make shots more difficult. He needs to learn how to make quicker decisions and, you know, only make one or two simple moves and get to the hole. Kind of like what we have with Randall. You know what I'm saying? You maybe not turning the ball over to the high clip like Randall is, but that's what those guys are kind of saying over there with Detroit. So, overall, I'm like, I, I'm not... Overall, I'm not super... I'm not super against it, depending on who we move like i can see a scenario where it's working but i also feel like shooting is the swing skill shooting is definitely the swing skill here because right now we have evan fournier like if evan fournier stays on a course he, he's staying on maybe the shooting will get better um but also grant's defense is going to be way above the evan fournier's no matter how he's so like, I know what, it, it really depends on Kemba Walker at that point. Like, if Kemba Walker can, can stay on the floor and help stretch the floor, if R.J. Barrett can keep shooting at the clip he's shooting in at, then maybe everything can, be, can work out fine. But a lot of pieces have to kind of fall into place. I mean, I mean but, you know, there's, there's risk with everything. There's risk with every move. Yeah, I mean, I like it from a, def- I like it from a defensive standpoint, but – Offensively, that's why I worry. It's the offensive side of the ball where I'm just like, e- yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I, 
I wouldn't be super against it. Like I, I wouldn't be. I'd be like, okay, let's see. Like I can, I can see a pathway to success, but I don't think it'll be like a home run. It'll be like our, our defense will get better, depending on if, if if certain players stay on a certain trajectory, you can work out for us, and then maybe we can, you know, defend certain players better in the league type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's how I'm seeing that. Shout out to Ronnie Sandin, who sends a $5 super chat. He says, why Grant, not Miles Turner? And you heard Hawks are shopping Reddish. I definitely heard Hawks are shopping Reddish. If you're talking about a guy who can be a shooter on the cheap, I think Reddish might be a way to go, too. I don't think he'll be that expensive because it's kind of like our situation, right? Yeah. Where you know Kevin Knox is out there, you know he 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 gives you a game or two where he scores, but it's still not enough to really command a big bag. So you, I can see us giving like a pick away and getting reddish, and re-signing him and it working out for us. Yeah, I mean Ajibar will have his Duke running mate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <to> go after him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just that we have to get off of somebody. Like we would have to move Evan Fournier somehow for that to work. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to get crazy. Otherwise, because, you know, he doesn't want to be in the same situation over here like he was in at the Hawks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like I said, all these all these moves really depend on, like, what what we give up. If we do get go for Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, I can definitely see us moving Obi for Grant. I can definitely see it, if that's true. And it's Shams, so there might be, you know, you know some, some kind of uh, measure of truth there. And you know we also have to think about who we have, like who are we competing with, right? The Wizards. I feel like the Wizards have us. I feel like the Wizards have picks to compete. Do they have the same amount of picks that we have? I don't think so. But I feel like the Wizards have picks. The Lakers don't really have much. I don't think to really offer as far as picks go. No. Which is one the Pistons have. So you know what? Keep an eye on that Jimmy Grant situation for real. And the Blazers are involved in this situation too. So something to think about. Um, somebody say you want to call in? If you get Cam, I'm calling in KOT. <laughs> Cam is Cam is popular around Knicks Nation, man. Cam is popular around Knicks Nation. Something about somebody else no one's talking about. CJ McCullum, man. I'm I'm still looking over there at CJ too. I'm not even gonna hold you. Yo. I'm still looking. I yeah, still I mean, got one. Eye, I got one. Go ahead. I got one eye on CJ. Yeah, CJ CJ McCullum would definitely be a solid pickup for the Knicks. Definitely, if they if they could get his hands, if they could get their hands on him, right? The, yeah, the question is, you know, who the Knicks would be giving up for CJ, but CJ would be a solid pickup, right? Oh yeah, the thing also the thing to mention about Jimmy Grant too is he has a sprained thumb and he has to be reevaluated. I think at the end of the month, um, and the same thing with CJ McCollum, he's just coming back from injury, so I don't know if that's going to drive his price down. I don't I don't know what goes into that type of injury where he had a collapsed lung and what it takes to come yeah, back from that. Lung, yeah. So I'm going up to CJ McCollum only because I already know the the situation the Blazers are in right now. You know, those are the type of situations where you look to break up a team for picks and stuff, which is why I would keep one eye on them. Are they willing to pull that trigger? I'm not sure. But um, their type of situation is something I would definitely keep an eye on for sure. Um, yeah. Shoot, even the Cavs situation I would keep an eye on. Because Wait, who on the Cavs? Listen, the dog. First of all, foremost, I'm gunshots to Jay Ellis. Here's gunshots to me. Give me my props, damn it. Because remember when I was talking about Darius Garland 
Yeah, Darius Garland playing good, but they ain't giving up Garland. So I'm, so I'm like, who you who you talking about in the cast? You no, know they ain't giving enough Garland. <laughs> but Garland, this Garland, the Garland conversation wraps into this whole conversation. All right, because Garland is out there balling right now, averaging double digit assists and points like it's like nothing. The Cavs are rolling, right? And mm-hmm. they're still playing well, even though Colin Sexton has been injured and is going to be injured for I'm not sure how long he's going to be injured. If that team can function at that high level without Colin Sexton, and Colin Sexton is going to be a free agent, I believe, next season, I would think that Colin Sexton would be a guy to look at. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Are you there? Are you there, Ryan? I think I think well, I think we lost Ryan. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, Ryan's frozen. So I think we lost Ryan, or maybe he'll be back in a second. That's why I'm saying I might keep an eye on Colin Sexton. He hasn't been in any trade rumors. I'm not sure what's gonna happen this uh this off season, this trade season by the trade deadline, or if it would happen by like off season, but I definitely would keep an eye on, on Colin Sexton. I'm I'm kind of surprised he wasn't moved in the summer. I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm gonna I'm kind of surprised. And being how Kimball Walker is who he is, and we don't know how long he's gonna last, we we going to need a scoring guard at some point. I would feel like. And you know, let me change this to. But next up, yeah, yeah, I gave myself the the, the level five and yeah, I gave myself I gave myself the level five intuition, yeah. <laughs> the Sexton cult, Sexton talk killed Ryan's connection. <laughs> Bruh. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It might be a, a shout to Sweeney. Sweeney said this on Twitter. He feels like it, it would be a cheaper option than um than the dude from uh, the Kings, who I actually I, I I really like his game, even though he hasn't he's having a down year. I can see him having an, an up year later on, but he's, he'll be a cheaper option at point guard, and who and he can actually shoot at three. He would just need some mentoring because he's definitely not a finished product at all, right? But um, next guy I want to talk about. Is Miles Turner? I'm hoping Ryan gets back. His whole computer probably just died just now. Give me a second. Hold on. Because Miles Turner is another one. It just seems like it just seems like this rumor just about Miles Turner will not go away. He he will not go away. So hold on, we, 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 we pull, pull this up real quick. So it's been rumored that the Mavericks and the Knicks are expressing interest in Miles Turner. Um, Miles Turner's been linked to the Knicks in the summer. He's trained. He's trained with Julius Randle, and we've all seen what the Celtics did to us the last game when we didn't have a stretch five, right? Because at this point. It seems like, you know, Tibbs is refusing to go small. And the only way to really capitalize on the driving 
to maximize on the capitalization of RJ and Randall driving at will is to probably get a stretch five and Miles Turner is that guy. Now, the thing is, when we first mentioned Miles Turner, he was shooting like 40% from three. He was having a career year from three, shooting 40% from three. He had a game where he had 40 points. I think 40 points and 10 rebounds. Since then, he significantly cooled off. Now he's shooting 35% from the uh 35% from the field. Hold on. Let me, let me hold on. Let me double check these numbers. Hold on a second. Just to make sure. Because I believe his three-point shooting has kind of regressed. You talking about Sexton? No. Now I'm talking about oh, Miles oh, Turner. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, Miles Turner. Okay. Yeah, you're talking about Miles Turner. So let me double let me double check the Miles Turner stats real quick. I have my turn of stats here. Um, let me see. Yeah, so um, you talking about his three three point percentage? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, from last season, it has improved. Okay. Last season, last season he shot thirty three point five percent. This season, he's shooting thirty five point seven percent. Okay, so now he's at thirty five point seven seven point three. Before it was at the early, at the when we first talked about Miles Turner, he was shooting at forty percent, and now yeah. it dropped. Now it's dropped significantly. So, um, here's the thing: is he still a better three point option than Mitch? Yes. <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> Anybody who can give you forty points to get forty points and something on offense at center is going to be helpful to these Knicks, um, and he's going to help out Randall and RJ significantly. Um, I guess the thing is, what is he going to cost? Yeah. Now, if you if you buy high and buying low, you might hope. Okay, he has like a four game stretch now where he's not doing that much of anything, right? I think he's 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 scoring single digits now. He's not giving the forty point outburst anymore, and you know that could be that could be him. That could be you know trade. You know what it is, man. Trade rumors, trade season. When things are unstable, sometimes. It gets in players' head. So that could be partially what's happening right here with him. But also, you know, it's true be told, that might be able to drive the trice down. What have you done for me lately? Forty <laughs> percent exactly. shooting three point big versus thirty five percent shooting big. Mm, that price might go down. Yeah. <laughs> but um once again we already know what it is. I might be down for this trade depending on who you putting it. Right? I do feel like Mitchell Robinson would have to be involved in the trade for sure. But if they ask it for quickly, I'm hanging the phone up. I'm sorry. Yeah, and this might be a trade the Knicks have a chance at because I feel like whenever a team announces that they're looking to trade somebody or whenever the news comes out that someone's on the trading block, mm-hmm. usually that means that it doesn't. it's not going to take as much to get that player than it normally would take. So I think, you know, you have to keep that in mind as well. Maybe the Knicks don't have to give up a whole lot to bring Miles Turner here since the, since the Pacers put him on the trading block anyway. Right. I can see them being like a pick, like a pick, like maybe Mitch in a pick, and maybe we can swing for like Burks, if anything. But even I, even that, like even just putting Burks into something like that would hurt for me. I'm not even going to hold you. I'm not even going to hold you. For me though, I don't want I wouldn't want to put Obi in a Miles Turner trade personally. 
I know somebody, some people would. I wouldn't want to do it, even though I just feel like at the end of the day, Miles is going to be a role player. And I still feel like Obi has star potential, so I feel like I'm moving Obi is going to be for somebody who can get some buckets, personally. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's just me personally. Like, I might be slightly more inclined to give him up in, Jer- in, a, in a Jeremy Grant trade than a Miles Turner trade. Slightly more inclined, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, with Turner, well, first and foremost, with Turner and Grant, those are two players where I'm not giving up no type of major assets for either one of those players. It has to be a trade where it's a light trade, whether it's like a pick and a player or something of that nature. Because to me, those those two players, are, to me, are pieces. You know, those are pieces that you bring in and either you can help, you can bring in this player and you can help flip it for an even better player in the future or those guys are just going to help you towards building a good team. Right. So for, so for players like that, I'm not giving up no type of crazy assets. It has to be something light. If the Pacers come to me crazy talking about, you know, we want a pick, we want OB, we want another young player, whatever the case may be, I'm going to be like, no. Because, this, <laughs> is, because this, this is not a guy that's going to transform the Knicks into a contender or something like that out of the blue. It's just a piece that's going to help the Knicks get better. So... It's, it's definitely going to depend on what the Pacers are asking for. You know, if I pull the trigger on Miles' turn, if it's nothing too crazy, I pull the trigger. If it's if they're asking for a bunch of assets in return, then I'm, then I have to be like, no. Right, I I, I agree with you there. And also, I'm I'm really curious to see what these type of players want to demand on the open market because both of these guys are kind of similar in the fact that they both want to prove that they can do more. Like I actually heard something somebody say that Miles Turner feels like he can do more, and he doesn't want to just be seen in his light as just a guy who's like a complimentary piece. So I'm wondering, like long term, how that fits with like how much he feels like he wants to be paid, or where or he really feel like he wants to end up. Because he's definitely said that in Indiana, and Jeremy Grant the same thing. And right now, you know, Jeremy Grant he's making what twenty twenty thousand. Twenty thousand a season. Twenty million, you mean? I mean, I mean twenty million. I'm sorry. Twenty. You see, you see my peon, uh, little poor broke thousandaire brain saying twenty thousand, right? <laughs> <laughs> twenty million a season is a free agent. I'm wondering what type of money is he commanding next season? Like, what does he want? Because two beats old, like he's he's averaging twenty points a game, four point eight rebounds. Um, two way player, yes. Is he like max worthy? I don't think so. I'm not maximum. I'm not maximum. <laughs> this is like he's, he's he's almost worth around what Randall is worth to me, and I'm not sure. Like I know some people want Grant over Randall. He has better defense for sure, but he like really he's not as good as a playmaker as Randall is, which is. Uh. No, I mean if you if you're going to be real about it, if you take Jeremy Grant's best and Randall's best, Randall's the better player. If we're going to be real honest about right. it, right. And I'm not sure people weren't ready that for that conversation. <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm not sure people because people hate Randall at the moment, and and, and, yeah. and he sucked. He sucked so bad, but like he averages a power forward that averages four rebounds a game. I mean, I'm sorry, five. You know, and 
is there's is potential. He has potential, but it's not a clear cut. He's better, which is what I'm yeah. saying. All right, all right, man. So Miles Turner, I would do the trade, but it really depends on who's involved. I'm not having some crazy trade package. Also, I kind of like the way Mitch has been playing better recently. The thing with Mitch, I want him to, I want him to start to string more games together. Like, I feel like we, I really wanted him to shine versus the Celtics, and he really didn't put forth. He didn't give us what the Celtics big man was giving us, and I wanted that from him. Yeah. So I want to see that more from Mitch. And if he's able to give that some more from him, then I, I, I'm more inclined to be like a hard no. But um, hopefully he gets it together. And if he's here for next season, he, gets, he catches his stride and he shows us a little, a little bit more. All right? Uh, Repping Old School says a point power forward, though. Are you, is he talking about – are you talking about Randall or are you talking about Jeremy Grant? I'm really not 100 percent sure. Um, you, um, repping old school, you're gonna have to clarify it in the chat. Who are you talking about, Randall, or are you talking about Grant? All right, all right, but why wait for his answers? Lose the chat. Lose picks for Timmy. Repping old school, Buttercup Scotch, and everybody else we rock who's rocking with the KOT show. All right, if you lose to the channel, please hit that like and subscribe button. And also hit the hashtag news, shout you out, all right? All right. Randall. He says Randall's... Oh, it's about Randall. Okay, okay. Yeah, pan, point forward. Point forward. Air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Randall's playing like all-star Randall. Yeah. Yeah, but but not right now, though. Not, not right, right now. now. <laughs> Might be more of a... You know, it's funny because his turnovers are crazy. Like, <laughs> man, he, he, he Grant does not turn the ball over like Randall does. That's for sure. Yeah, but Randall seems to have more passing. It's weird to say passing potential than Randall. Seeing, I don't even know if I really believe that. Saying that out loud, he's had, he's had more assists. I'll just say that. All right, all right. That is the show. I'm, 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 I think I'm a cap the show right there. I'm a cap the show right there. <laughs> next game. What's the next game we have coming up? Let's see. Let's see. Next game we have is, it, is Dallas next. I think we have Dallas on Wednesday. Yeah, Mavericks. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Mavericks. Yeah. Dallas on. Whoa, oh, and hold on. Oh Andy. boy, you, you you know how many former Knicks are on that squad? Man, <laughs> listen. Anytime, yo. Anytime we can embarrass KP the Snake, I want to take it. I want to take it. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Luca's back though. I think Luca just got back. Yeah, Luca's back, but that's not. That's not just it though. They got Bullock. They got Frank. Them dudes are, them dudes are going to want to do something to us. Oh, too, so yeah. <laughs> Revenge on their mind for sure. JT Reddick says, does Grant have the same usage rate, though? Um. Oh, we're going to have to um definitely check that out. Wait, hold on. I can figure it out. I, I think I actually have, have it pulled up. Hold on. I got you, sir. You know I got clean the glass on speed dial. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Grant. I think his usage rate is pretty high. Okay, ninety-four percent usage rate, assist percentage. Assist percentage is not bad, actually. Assist percentage is eighty-four percent. Um, he just doesn't. He averages what two point four assists a game. 
So he doesn't turn the ball over. Turnover percentage. He's in the 79th percentile when it comes to the turnover percentage, which is pretty good. You know what it is? It's just when, I, when, I, when I'm reading from Pistons fans and Pistons people who break down his game is they feel like they don't. he doesn't pass the they feel like he misses passes. They feel like he misses passes. But, you know, the mm. numbers, I mean, 84% percent, percent, percent uh, assistant percentage isn't bad. So, yeah, especially for a big. So, take with that information what you will. All right? All right. Cool, cool. All right. That is our show. I'm gonna celebrate, man. You got 10k. I'm gonna I'm gonna link some stuff and and start linking to, to, to KLT YouTube and linking to directly. I'm gonna celebrate my 10k on the IG, man. And also, exactly the giveaway, the giveaway snapback. That's right. You heard back. you, boy. Listen, man. It's giveaway time. It's giveaway time. If you want to get a free KLT snapback, definitely head to uh, our Instagram at the Nick of Time Show. W um. <laughs> All right, Instagram.com slash Nick Time Show. Click that link. And we'll be giving away a snapback. Your college wave of choice. Black and white. Blue and orange. All right. Definitely head to that. Head over there and celebrate. And hopefully you win. And I, I'm going to uh I'm gonna give directions on what to do and how to win and, and things of that nature so you can get your to get your snapback. All right. And that's gonna be that's gonna be tomorrow. That's gonna be tomorrow. So look, look up for that the, the snapback post tomorrow. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, all right, all right. That is our show. My guy, Ryan G. Where can they find you, sir? You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T and your boy Rodney in the chat. Yo, now that I think about it, Dallas could Dallas could field a five on the court out of former Knicks players. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> they got fact. KP, Hardaway Jr. That's a fact. Frank. That's a fact. They got um Bullock, and now they have um Burks as well. Trey Burks. So it's like they could they could put a, a five out there that's all former Knicks. Squad up, they squad up over there, all former Knicks, man, for sure, for sure. They can do it. They definitely can do it. It's, 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 it's the Dallas Knicks over there. We got to beat our former selves. Got to beat our former selves. I wonder, I wonder if Kemba might come back too. I know he's been closer to coming back. We'll see if he'll be back on, on the Knicks squad. All right? But um, also, you already know, man. You already know. You could, you already know where to find us, man. Find us on Instagram at the Nick of Time. Uh, www. Instagram.com slash Nick of Time Show. You can also find us on Twitter at the KOT Show. And you can also find us, our blog, at thenickatimeshow.com. And, you know, you, you, you can purchase a snapback. If you want to win it, you just want to get one, just get yours, man. Go to nickatimeshow.com slash catalog to get yours, all right? All righty then. Uh, that is our show. Hopefully, we'll be, we, we here the next one. He played hooky today. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be back the next one. But that is our show. Um, and as always, shut out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here, right? That is our show. We are out of here. Peace.
York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.